Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Jack and always and welcome to the middle of September. It is now September 12th. We are right in the thick of the pennant chase. I believe there's now three, maybe four weeks left of the regular season, which means we're seeing on MLB's website the official elimination numbers are starting to kick in. The worst teams in the league, including the Nationals, the Pirates and the A's are now officially mathematically ineligible to make the playoffs but we're going to be here today breaking down the six divisions as well as the wild card chases but before we get into that jack how you doing very nice day for me both in the sport we cover and the one we do not so very happy you know good state of mind i know both of us we were getting rather you know the margin of error was getting pretty thin for our teams but i think they clutched up and had some external help as well this weekend so let's uh let's have fun talking about it so let's start with the National League East, which is where my team resides. And there was a time period on Friday where the Mets lost hold of the National League East. The Braves entered up half a game up over the Mets. However, the Mets have now taken back-to-back days, as well as the Braves have lost back-to-back days, which means the Mets are now, I'm not going to say comfortably, but it's one and a half games above the Braves, a little more breathing room that they thought they had entering the weekend. So your thoughts in general on this NL East race, it's now a two-horse race between the Mets and the Braves with the Phillies seeing 10 and a half games back. Who's going to come out of this? X-Factors, what are we going to see in the next four weeks? I think it was always a two-team race between the Mets and the Braves. It is. The Braves are only one game back. The loss column had a pretty uh, tough loss today after rallying to put a five spot up in the ninth just to have Kenley Jansen blow it. But I think both teams, it's going to come down to the wire. The Mets do have the, the head-to-head advantage. So if they just win a single game and it comes down to it in their final series, against each other is the second to last series of the year the Mets win one of those games they will be the division champions so you know it's it's a tough you know it's a tougher path for the Braves now that they've fallen out and are one and a half games back I still think it's a race that's too close to call um Max Scherzer you know not being available right now definitely has allowed the Braves to stay in it longer and you know it's not like the Mets are having the same kind of collapse that their crosstown rivals are having or previously had as they were you know it seemed like the Yankees couldn't get put together any string of uh, victories. The Mets were playing 600 ball and got lapped by a team playing 700 ball. So not quite apples to apples. I just think both teams are very good World Series, World Series contenders, and it is just too close to call at this moment. And I think when you also think about the New York Mets team, again, as you mentioned, the collapse, we're not really comparing ourselves to the crosstown rival Yankees. It's more what we saw in 2021, what we saw in 2007, what we saw in 2008. And we have a history of collapsing. And I can't think that this team, which is still on pace to win over 105 games, which I guess what we can equivalent it to was last year's Giants-Dodgers race, except I guess I believe the Giants won and the Dodgers have to go to that one-game wildcard. This year, at least, it's a little more comforting knowing that you're playing a three-game wildcard series if you don't win the division. But at the same time, it's extremely important to win the division because you have a much easier path to making the World Series. Because if you make the wild card game, you're also going to have to face off, I think right now it's Philly, and then the NLDS you face Dodgers, and the NLCS you likely face the Braves. 
Whereas if you win the division, you play the winner of the Cardinals versus Padres, which, to be honest, not very scared of either of those teams. And then you'd eventually face the Dodgers in the NLCS, which I think is a much easier path than having to face both the Dodgers and the Braves to make the World Series. It it looks like you could be faced. So if the Mets win the the division, they could still end up facing both because assuming the standings remain the same, which I think they should, the Mm -hmm. Cardinals would play the Padres, then the Dodgers face the winner of that game. And uh, no Dodgers, yeah, yeah exactly. That's because okay. even because technically the Cardinals would be the three seed, even though I think everyone acknowledges yeah. the Braves are a better team by far. Weird thing with the schedule, I think NL or NL East we're saying is too close. NL Central, Cardinals are eight games up. The Brewers have faded since Josh Hader was traded. Over, done. Yeah, um, you know it, the division race is definitely a wrap. It's just a matter of can the Brewers figure it out enough that they can climb out of the two games that they're, they are behind the Padres. The offense seems extremely depleted right now. Christian Yelich, it seems like we're the third year of saying, Oh, can he make a comeback? And it's, he's failed to meet expectations despite hitting an absolute nuke against the Rockies, a really disappointing series though. I think I believe they either got swept or lost series two out of three. And it's just a really tough uh, brand of baseball they're playing right now. Not one that is good enough to win the division. The front office made it seem very clear that they thought they could deal Josh Hader and still win the division. And despite, you know, Hader's had monumental failures with the Padres, but the Brewers, since the trade deadline, have been one of the worst teams in baseball. And not only look like they were going to miss the, the, the division lead, but they're going to be missing the playoffs entirely. So a really, really tough stretch for them. I know several prominent people picked them not only to win the division, but win the World Series. So it's a shocking turn of events in Milwaukee. Maybe David Stern is just wanting to get fired so he can come to the Mets. I don't know. Maybe that's the only that's the only thought process that could go through my mind as to why he traded Josh Hader. But again, maybe the Brewers saw something that none of us saw, and he's obviously imploded since leaving them. NL West. Oh, let's say that this division's still going, even though the Dodgers have a 20-game lead and the magic number is somehow three as we sit here on September 12th. There's a chance that the Dodgers clinch the division with over three weeks left in the season. I think that's just, they're already at 96 wins, 43 losses. There's not much else to say other than that this team is dominant. Anything else? No. No, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go to the wild card chase. You have the Braves. have clinched the one. I guess we could also say the Mets if they end up taking that spot. The two is the Phillies, a game and a half above San Diego, who is in that sixth spot. And as we just mentioned, the Brewers are two games back of the Padres. So it's really just going to be those four, technically five, the loser of the Mets Braves as well as Phillies, Padres, and Brewers. Dodge, or Giants and Arizona Diamondbacks are both 10 games out. I think it's too far for them to make that much of a yeah, leap this late in the season. Yeah, I think the only thing that's left to say is because, I mean, you never play the game like this, but if, you know, we, we briefly touched on it, the Phillies have a one-and-a-half game lead on the San Diego Padres, two in the loss column. And if you're looking at it, you know, right now the Phillies would have to play the Braves and the Padres would have to play St. Louis. St. Louis plays a very good brand of baseball. They got two players who might finish top three in the NL MVP, but they're not on the same tier of echelons of teams as the Atlanta Braves. And, you know, you can't lose games purposefully, but if you're talking about a three-game series, I'd much rather face the St. Louis Cardinals than the Atlanta Braves and have to face a trio of Max Freed, Spencer Strider, and, you know, Charlie Morton. So it's, and Morton might not even be the game three starter. He could be go, he could go game four. So it's, it's tough to say that you lose games on purpose, but I think it's hard to make a case where you'd say that Philly is in a more advantageous spot right now than San Diego, despite having a better record. Agreed. And you also have to think, imagine the Cardinals and the Phillies play in a series. That's like arguably the best defensive team in baseball versus literally the worst one. That would 
definitely be an interesting series to watch. I know Keith Hernandez definitely wouldn't tune into that series. All over to the American League, we have the New York Yankees now five and a half games up on Tampa, six games up on Toronto. Baltimore struggled this weekend. They're now in 11 and a half games back, and the 69-win Boston Red Sox are officially over. Jack, declarative statement, is it time to declare the Nash, the American League East over? I, I or is there so. still a chance? I think so. I was I was talking to somebody about this today, just like thinking about it. Even if the Yankees, you know, it seems like they've suddenly, the offense has suddenly clicked again against two games, not one, but two games now against a very, very talented uh, Tampa Bay pitching staff. The Yankees have put up 10 runs in back-to-back games. And, you know, even if the Yankees go 500 at this point, Tampa Bay would have to go about like 15 and five in their remaining, you know, 20-something odd games to just, you know, tie the Yankees for the division. And the Yankees do, they clinched the tiebreaker with their win yesterday. So it seems like at this point it is over. You know, I know Toronto or Tampa, you know, I guess they would have to go on a crazy run and the Yankees would have to, you know, continue a collapse. It seems like they've righted the ship. They're six and four in their last 10. They've won, I believe, 11 of their last 17. So they're they're definitely playing much better now, not quite on the same level, but their run differential, you know, suggested that there would be a turnaround at some point. It seems like we saw it. John Carlos Stanton starting to right the ship. Several injuries are player injured players are starting to come back off the IL. DJ LeMayu, Anthony Rizzo, then you know a, a quadruple of uh, players made a rehab assignment today. Harrison Bader, Miguel Castro, Zach Britton, Geraldus um, Chapman. So there are reinforcements coming. The Yankees are a team that's going to get healthy, and if they are, and you know they don't have to be fully healthy by October 11th, assuming they do win the division, they certainly are still a threat to be reckoned with come October. Just say these words. The American League East is over. The American League East is over. I know you want me there to do like, go. Your on, <laughs> like your boy on SNY who could declare the same for the Mets. But yeah, I think just say, I know that's going to be an audio clip that will be yes, it is. on Twitter if the Yankees do end up blowing it. But I'm, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Well, it's going on the Twitter regardless. It'll be and make sure you check out Cider Tired Pod at Cider Tired Pod on YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. You will see the headlines. The American League East is over tomorrow. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. To, to be fair, you said the same thing in May, which I think at that point, if there's a collapse, <laughs> it, it's probably more so worse than on, on you than me. That is true. How about the other division, the American League Central, which it's a battle of who wants to win this division the least. That's the Cleveland Guardians, the Chicago White Sox, and the Minnesota Twins. Obviously, our friend of the pod, Nash Walker, thought that the Twins would have the easiest way to this uh, earlier on. Obviously, they've now faded into third. The White Sox currently don't have a manager. And Tony Larusa, who was out in Oakland this weekend somehow, he was celebrating with Dave Stewart about his jersey retirement, but he says he's not well enough to pitch or to manage the Chicago White Sox right now. Says, uh, we'll see if I come back or not. And I guess the team that's most well put together is the Indians because they have Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, and Jose Ramirez in that middle of that infield doing really solid. So your assessment on the American League Central. Uh, yeah, I know Steven Nelson, another friend of the pod, um, Chicago White Sox fan, did say, as you mentioned, no one wants to win this division. The Twins, following their collapse in the Bronx last week, seems like they're now out of it four and a half games back. Seems like it might be too much of a gap, considering they'd have to catch not one, but two teams. Uh, the Guardians and the White Sox is close. I think if I had to give my pick, I'd say the Guardians, just because I think they are severely improved. They have Shane Bieber, who is pitching like an ace. Jose, uh, Jose Ramirez, who had his best is a, uh, an MVP candidate. And then the White Sox, it just seems like there's been several holes um, they've had. You know, we've cited the starting pitching depth that could potentially get them to the playoffs, but it just, there's, you know, there's a lot to be desired there as a playoff team. 
Um, either one, I think if you don't make it, is going to be viewed as a total failure of the season, especially for the White Sox, who are so heavily favored to win this division. Um, it's going to be really tough. I would pick, honestly, I don't think I'm going on much, much of a limb here. I know it's three games, baseball, anything can happen. But I don't think anyone is breaking a sweat if this team is going to be playing the Seattle Mariners or Toronto Blue Jays or Tampa Bay Rays. I think either one of the three wildcard teams should and will be favored to beat the winner, the division winner here. The other division that we haven't covered yet, I'll raise my hand. James and I were wrong. Beginning of the season, we kind of made the bold prediction that the Seattle Mariners were winning the American League West and the reign of the Houston Astros was over. And yes, tonight's game, as we did mention on the opposite end with the Atlanta Braves, flips the switch. And I think we can pretty much say the Seattle Mariners will break the 2001 curse of not making the playoffs in the last 21 seasons. They're going to make the playoffs. They're about to hit their 79 wins on the season. They're standing firm in a wild card spot. I believe they're wild card two right now, maybe even tied yes. for wild card run. And yeah. they have a big gap between all the other teams. So they're going to make the playoffs. It's just not as the division winner because the Houston Astros are up there with the New York Yankees for the best team in the entire uh, American League. Everything that I thought could go wrong hasn't because the only thing that technically has gone wrong is Michael Brantley underwent season ending surgery, I believe, back in June and July. And Jordan Alvarez has become an MVP. Alex Bregman has picked it up. Jose Altuve is Jose Altuve. They figured, oh, Michael Brantley's gone. Let's go get another outfielder. And they got Trey Mancini. This team is clicking on all cylinders. The only thing they did wrong this year is center field. Because as much as we love Jake Myers on the podcast and Chaz McCormick is a solid player. Remember what happened at the trade deadline where a three-team trade occurred and we thought the Tampa Bay Rays got swindled in this deal because they didn't really acquire much. All they acquired was a speedy little center fielder named Jose Siri. And we all said, who? And Jose Siri has actually performed well with the Tampa Bay Rays after having a 55 OPS plus with the Houston Astros. He is now up to 119 as a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. So once again, the Rays worked their magic and they found this nice little scrappy player that's ending up playing a pivotal role as a starting center fielder on a playoff caliber team. So Jose Siri, nice move for the Rays. But that was like the only caveat I could find to why the Astros haven't been succeeding this year. They've been a really solid team other than that. Justin Verlander resurgent season from Rivaldez, Jose Kitty, Luis Garcia. Anyone else I'm forgetting about? This team's good. Uh, hi, uh, Xavier Javier. Yeah, uh, Christian Javier. Christian Javier. And then I guess also we'll quickly touch upon the wild card, although we've mentioned these teams, Tampa, Seattle, Toronto, pretty much locked it up with this weekend with the Baltimore Orioles now falling to five and a half back and the White Sox are seven, Twins are nine, Red Sox are 10. I think it's pretty much over unless Baltimore goes on a miracle yeah. run. Anyone else besides the Orioles is not worth mentioning. The Orioles, I think you applaud them for the efforts they had. I know um, Fangraphs, ESPN, they all gave them a fat zero goose egg for their playoff chances. This team clearly showed they were better than that. They called up a young talent despite the fact that the World Series window really realistically hadn't opened yet, but they still they played for a playoff window. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, you know, um, and they had, despite dealing guys like uh, you know, Trey Mancini at the deadline and, you know, several pitching assets, they still managed to remain in contention, but I, they are following their law, their shutout loss today to the Boston Red Sox. I, I will declare, I, Dylan, I think you're probably going to agree with me on this, the Baltimore Orioles are dead. They are not making the playoffs. It's going to be the three aforementioned teams, Tampa Bay Rays, Seattle Mariners, Toronto Blue Jays. In what any order right now, they're separated by half a game. So who knows, you know, maybe they'll take our strategy of losing on purpose to the fact that they get to play the Cleveland Guardians rather than to the other wild card teams. But 
all three of these guys have two high caliber pitching aces. You know, the Mariners have uh, Gilbert and Ray and, and um, you know, the, and Castillo. Um, the Blue Jays have Gaussman and Manoa. The Rays are the Rays. So any one of those guys are going to be tough, especially in a three-game series where pitching can really dominate and set the tone. So, you know, wild card is anyone's game up for grabs. The Guardians, you know, they have Beaver and they have guys like Ramirez. Justin uh, you know, McKenzie's been really good this year. Who, yeah, who can take over a series, but any for the, I think everyone's hoping and expecting a Houston, uh, yeah, New York ALCS. I think it's tough to say that the Orioles are quote unquote dead because I get what the point is in saying that they're not going to make the playoffs, but it is that sort of this team was supposed to win 69 games this year and they're already at 73 and they're above 500 and they're performing really well. And Gunnar Henderson is hitting over 300. I know he hit bad average, but it's still whatever. And Adley Rushman, you've claimed is arguably one of the top catchers in baseball right now. I think if you even said number one, but we'll save that for an argument in the offseason. The team that I'm really looking at and I'm really disappointed is in the LA Angels because when we made this predictions back in April and they were like, I remember MLB did a graphic, maybe we can find it, where they said, oh, LA and New York are killing yeah, baseball. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, and Angels. And the Angels didn't even mention, they're 17 games out of the wild card. It's like, what had they're 29 games out of the division weren't they winning the al west at some point uh yeah it's very i mean shohei otani has been you know a top two not one al mvp <laughs> candidate mike trout despite you know he's had injury concern has still had a mike trout season he's been fantastic something that's kind of gone as you know one of our analysts harry Kilman's but kind of gone under the radar uh so far this season but you know it's really it's just it's really perplexing it seems like if there is a new ownership coming in um, what will they do? Mike Trout seems like he, with his no trade clause, he isn't on the move. Shohei Otani entering his free agency the next year could very well be. And, you know, it's it's tough to see just because they did hyper-focus on pitching depth during their draft board. And it seems like, you know, Reed Detmers threw a no-header and vanished. It really hasn't yielded much. So it's it's tough to say what the organization direction is going to go from here. Do they rebuild? Is Mike Trout, is there any world in which he could be traded? I don't really see it. But, you know, it's just it's really tough now where they really put their money where their mouth is. They got Rizal Iglesias, who's now on the Braves. They got Noah Syndergaard, who's now on the Phillies. So it seems like any move they have made to address this, you know, this longstanding issue of pitching really hasn't amounted to much. And maybe they should have upped their money on the Garrett Cole sweepstakes is all is all I'm going to leave it at. Maybe it's because I watched Ratatouille a couple of days ago, but I see a. a guy named Billy Epler putting on his little chef hat again because he's about to go to work and uh. He's the one that brought Shohei Otani to the Los Angeles Angels instead of the Seattle Mariners. So it's time to bring back the uh, phrase that I said I'd never utter again after Darren Ruff became a 126 hitter on the New York Mets. But uh, let's just let Billy Epler cook this offseason and we'll see what happens with Shohei Otani. A couple notes I will add before we retire the side here. Four things I want to touch on if I can hopefully remember the four things. Congrats to Mark Vientos on making his major league debut. He's now in the Mets starting lineup today, and he will probably be for the foreseeable future. Congrats to Albert Pujols, 697th career home run. He's now fourth all-time surpassing A-Rod, who teased that he's going to make a comeback. I don't think he actually is. We'll see what happens there. Congrats to Matt Mervis. Shout out, friend of the pod. If you haven't checked out that episode right below this one right now, he has hit his 32nd home run, which leads the Cubs organization. Um I know he's done that across single A, double A, triple A this season, but that's the most out of any person in the Cubs organization, his 32nd on this past Sunday, as well as a fourth piece of news. Congrats to other friend of the pod, Tyler Gillum, 
on being named the head coach of the Savannah Bananas organization. I know he was an assistant coach when we had him on during the summer. He has now been named the full-time head coach of the team. And if you haven't checked out Banana Land on ESPN+, Plus, make sure to go do that as well, as well as our interview with Tyler. That was a pretty cool one I think James and I did a couple weeks ago. All right, unless there's anything else you want to plug, add, throw in, I think we're all good. We have an exciting interview coming up for you guys on Wednesday, but make sure to check out all the great ones right below this one, as well as the Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Outside Retired Pod. Jack, we all good to go? Yeah. All good to go. All right. Until the next time, the side is retired.